You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hey, hey, just here for a bit. All right, Greg Hectus. Hey, everybody. Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Tony Rochette. Hey, everybody. And special guest Thomas Wagner. Hello, hello. Welcome. All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming. And uh, thanks, Thomas Wagner, for joining us today. Uh, you're a listener, and you asked to be on the show. And guess what? Here you are, just like that. So let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, first, let's go through our interview questions. What initially brought you to iRacing, and how did you first hear about it? So uh, back in 2014, uh, actually it might have been 2013, I was just scrolling through Facebook. Uh, a few a few of my friends were doing it. Uh, I just jumped in one day, was like, oh, it's a $13 purchase. Eh, why not? Let's do it. And I got addicted. And now I've spent over probably $1,000 on SimRig. <laughs> well, that's kind of a common story. Uh, yeah, it looks like you started 2014, so yeah, it looks like you're coming up on your fifth year. Goes quick. Very, very quick. All right. And what's your specialty? Oval, road, dirt? I am horrible at road. So either I'm an oval guy or I'm a dirt over oval or I'm a dirt road guy. Uh, I can't figure out asphalt road. All right. Let's find out how off, you know, how often are you racing a week? Is it nightly, that kind of thing? And what series are you normally running? Oh, well, week 13 kind of screwed me to the point where I got demoted back down to a uh, to a D class. So I normally run every day trying to get on. Um, it's either between C-Fixed or uh, the National Series. All right. Now, I was looking at your stats and your oval stats overall. Winning percentage, 9%. That's pretty darn high, actually. Rookie street stocks. There you go. I got to say. All I got to say, rookie street stocks. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got a majority of my wins, actually, was at the beginning uh, when I did those uh, street stocks as well. Um, all right. Well, very good. Let's talk about uh, are you part of a team or do you participate in any leagues? Uh, yes. I actually own, well, currently own, we're going through a name change at the moment. Uh, Relentless Racing Series, also known as Drive for Suicide Prevention Xfinity Series, um, part of Wagner Racing. I own it. We race every Fridays. Uh, we just finished our championship season. Just gave away $200 in cash prize to our champion. Nice. And so what car are you racing? I, myself, am going through a manufacturer change. I was racing a Toyota last season. This season, I'm going to be driving a Mustang. All right. A car then, right? Mm, B cars. Oh, B car. All right, cool. Uh, tell us about your uh, hardware. What kind of wheel and pedals do you use, and how many monitors do you have? Third-party software? Uh, well, third-party software, I use Crew Chief quite frequently. Uh, it's a very good program to, if you want telemetry better, if you uh, need a better spotter, because we all know the iRacing spotter sucks. Uh, I've, I've got a pretty basic setup. I've got the T3 P8 shifter Thrustmaster with the Thrustmaster wheel 
normal setup, not too expensive. I've got a custom-made button board and only one monitor, unfortunately, but it gets me where I need to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't need a lot of stuff to get by, and you've been around for a while and been getting by on that stuff. That's like, is that your original setup, pretty much? Or No, I went from Thrustmaster. Uh, it was a wheel that would only go, like, I don't know, halfway of a turnaround. And then I went up to a Driving Force Pro, and then here we are. All right. Now, the question is, you use, use the crew chief app. Do you have Phil as your spotter on there? I do. That's oh. our <laughs> teammate Phil. Yeah, it's our teammate Phil, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, all right, and then tell us your most memorable iRacing moment. Out of five years, there's so many of them. Uh, I, I got to say, probably when iRacing first did the Daytona 500, we went, I think, 100 laps caution-free. And I ended up finishing third in that session. That was probably the most memorable thing that I can say. All right. That, that's, a, that's you know, it means a lot when it's a long race like that because it's just exponentially that harder, right? Oh, yeah. Like what you guys said last week in the podcast was some of these guys show up just for the Daytona 500 and you don't see them again for the whole season. So when you're finishing third in top five, it's huge because you just beat how many guys that are never going to show never going to show up again right right it's kind of very cool kind of like the road races too and we have the sonoma and Watkins Glen's road guys show up for one that too ringers so to speak yeah all right so tell us again about your friday night thing you said you're you just wrapped up so when is uh what's going on in the future for that well, uh, this Sunday we're going to be having recruitment races going up every, I think, hour or so. We're going to be doing something. Uh, name change, like I said, Relentless Racing Series from a previous name that we originally started with was Drive for Suicide Prevention Xfinity Series. Uh, the admin of that series decided to shut down what he was doing uh, kind of straight away from us because we were doing things the right way, listening to our membership. He wasn't doing those things, so now we're getting away from that name. And uh, we'll be starting our season up month that Friday night. Okay, and then recruit ra- recruitment races Sunday nights, and uh, so they'll be looking for the B car and uh, relentless racing, right? Yes. All right, guys, get out there and get involved, man. Sounds like a good one. Well, thank you, uh, Thomas Wagner, for coming on and uh, getting to know you a little bit. Uh, let's get into topics, but first, let's talk OBRL. Uh, they do, we do sponsor, iRacers Lounge sponsor their Monday night uh, uh, league race called, uh, excuse me, the K&N car. Uh, we had a huge field of 40 drivers qualified for that national series at New Hampshire. Uh, professional podcaster Greg Hectus got the pole, but had to start... The race at the back from a penalty from last week's race at Darlington. Bud Clonch won the Hard Charger Award, gaining 30 spots. Raging Cajun Eddie Jones led the most laps with 44 and battled Greg Hectus to the end, with Hectus capturing his first win of the season in the National Series. Raging Cajun finished second, Josh Mayhew third, Chris Monroe fourth. Uh, Tony Groves 28th, uh, started 28th, finished 24th. Scales had a good race. 
in the Saturday morning race, finishing 12th at Darlington. iRacers Lounge host Mike Ellis had a great race in the Go Creative TV Truck Series starting 21st and finishing 8th in another huge field of 40 at Darlington, beating Greg, who finished 10th. Well, Greg, you got the win. It didn't take you long. That was your third start with them? Uh, yes. Yeah, because I do the, tr- the ARCA and the Truck Series races. And you felt like you had given one up uh, at one point, right? And so it was nice to get that redemption. Well, the the Talladega race at the Truck Series the week before didn't go so good. I would think I was in the big one and 10 laps in. But I gave away the ARCA race the following week by not qualifying properly. And I almost thought I gave away this race, too, by not having that uh, end of the longest line penalty to start the race. But we'll, uh, we was able to get track position and got back up there and... I felt bad because I, once again, I'm going to probably have an EOL penalty at the next race because I did cause another accident in that race by uh, accidentally running into somebody. I see. And then Tony Groves, uh, not a great event for you. No, 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 not at all. Actually, I got got into a mess early on in the race again and uh, second week in a row where I was just kind of riding around uh, just trying to finish the race so um i don't know on to next week i guess (laughs) i think tony was tony was uh tired of hearing me say that i needed to take it easy in that race because i kept saying it and i never did yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i even pointed that out to you (laughs) at one point yeah it was it's good that i'm really enjoying actually racing with i mean tony i don't get to race with you much so it's nice to actually have chance to race with you guys that aren't in there and ellis we don't really race that much and we got to race the truck series last night together yeah that was fun i had a good time with that event uh, i felt like i was competitive with the group um and i you know would get to the top 10 and pretty much stay there um i had a bad uh there was a bad luck of when the caution came out uh, it came out in the middle right after i stopped on a green flag stop so i really got screwed on that but if it wasn't for that i'd have a better run i'm sure well, I think uh, next week in the Arca series, we're at Charlotte, um, and I think I'm going to try my hand at a bit of a bit of a, a, a different strategy for next week. So, you know, that that way I'm I'm, I'm going to hopefully be available at the end to um, get a little closer to the to the front of the field. All right. Well, that's uh, fun. Go check out obrl.net if you guys want to get involved. Uh, let's move into topics. Uh, David Hall, you're up first. Rallycross, time attack on road courses. Uh, they've added some road courses for Rallycross. They, they're they interested in them because it's tracks that they don't usually get to run on. It's featuring tracks like the figure eight North course at Orion Park, um, Patriot course at, at VIR. There's um, the reverse oval at Scuba. I don't know if that's the oval that you saw or not, Mike, but there apparently is a reverse oval there. I haven't played around with that track yet it looks like there's a short part of daytona listed as well um a lot of interesting tracks so running the rally cross cars out on the on some short road tracks yeah yeah it looks like fun uh they 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 really mixed it up with a rally cross car on a road course and and specifically tight road courses the oval thing i'm gonna have to check that out because yeah at the tescuba if it, is that how you say it? The Tuscuba track, I was complaining because I was examining that track very closely the other day. 
and they have a nice, nice little half mile, maybe quarter mile oval uh, right in the middle of that track, and it looks awesome. I'd love to run like a, a midget car or something on that, but there's no way to get to it, and there's no configuration where you can actually run it that I can see from the testing. Now, maybe, like you said, we can get to it from time attack or time trial. I'll have to try that. It does look interesting. Um and since I'm about to have to leave, I just wanted to toss in a final thought, actually, because I, okay. I do have to take off. Uh, Greg and I are looking forward to this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna join in the GT Road to Pro series and run it Road Atlanta. I've been running a lot of IMSA races there, and I, I'm struggling at that track to find speed, but I'm at, I'm at least I've at least found consistency. Right. All right, and then uh, another part about the time trial or time attack. Uh, one question came up, what is the deal with time trial rating? You know, why? And, um, you know, some people are saying, you know, just ignore that because it really is a calculation based on the last eight official time trials that you've run and, and nobody does it. So you, I mean, having a good rating in time trials really means nothing. Uh, why would you want to do the rally cross on time attack? Well, why not? It's just for fun. So I think that time trial thing was something they were trying, like it's been around since day one, but it was something that they had our plans with and it never went anywhere. And now it's just, it is what it is, right? Right. All right. Next topic, Greg Ford. So we saw the video uh, come out about uh, Vaughn Griffin Jr. and Joey Logano drifting around uh, Charlotte there. And, uh, I mean, obviously, it's not the, what the cup car the cup car looks like, but not all of what the cup car has on it is uh, what's what's going to be in the season next year. But it's just a good video to watch the new Mustang go around, and uh, it looks like uh, Tyler uh, Hudson posted or said that he he'd love it, can't wait. Uh, they would need to get that Ford, and um, looks like they're talking about the F one fifty as well um, for it. But it looks. I don't know. You you we saw this video a while ago, but it's a really nicely done video for um, the art style for drifting. If you're into it, well, it's interesting to see the real Mustang next to a NASCAR Mustang, and what the difference. Yeah, I think you know it, from what it looks like, it looks pretty close to what the car is. So it does. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a nice addition when they finally scan it too. And uh, I think. You know, Joey Logano has got some impressive uh, drifting skills, it looks like, too. I'm kind of impressed. I mean, there's a reason they're professional race car drivers. They're not just, they can, they're multitask or talented at all kinds of things. I mean, you probably put them up against those guys in a professional thing. Yeah, it's probably, he's not going to compete. But, I'm, you know, when they're doing takes like that, I'm sure he can do it no problem. Right. So when do we get this car in iRacing? You know, because... The way that they put all that detail into the uh, Camaro, I'm thinking it's going to take, I would say we get it in the, what is it, a June build? We have like the second one of the year. Yeah, if you look at the Camaro, I mean, that's kind of how that went. Uh, they had to wait until the team was ready to let us scan it. I think Ford is probably going to be a little bit easier to do it than Chevy was r willing to do it. See, here, here's my question about that, and I'm just going to throw this in here. Tyler Hudson says something about the F-150, and you're saying that Ford is going to be easy and let them scan it. Why haven't they let them scan the F-150? F-150 has been in the truck series for how many years? And we're still without it. Or something. 
but you're right. Uh, that's a different kind of side conversation that this thread went to. But the the reason is, is they've never had a, a team actually offer to scan it. And if you know, in the truck series right now, I mean, Brad Keselowski was doing Fords. They just folded shop. Uh, there, I think there's one team left that might be running a Ford. Um, or it's, I think actually it was uh, Jay, Joy, uh, Jay Sauter's team is moving to Ford. So there's a new potential there that maybe we can get them to let us scan it. But it, it has to do with that. Who was it that they that scanned, they scanned the Camaro? Was it RCR? Yeah. So, you know, it's probably like, like it's not a very big pool of trucks to try and scan from. So maybe that's one of the things that's holding them back. Well, that's the thing. Ford doesn't officially support the trucks at all and so if you're running a ford you're not you don't have factory support in the trucks which is which is really odd because that ford f-150 is ford's staple like that truck is the uh you know i'm not Backbone. sure if this is still fact but i think it is still one of the is the top selling truck in north america yep all right i got the big story um porsche sim racing summit we talked about this a little bit last week where uh, there was a two- or three-week contest of the fastest drivers in the Porsche car. They got to go to Europe and compete over this last weekend, and they had a 30,000-euro prize. Well, um, they showed some, you know, obviously on Twitter and social media, they showed, like, the trophies, which are pretty nice, the trophies were. Uh, they actually got track time. They put them all in Porsche cars and put them out on a road course, and uh, turned them loose, and they got to run some laps, and it looked pretty cool seeing the videos. Uh, Kevin Bobbitt from iRacing was riding shotgun with Enzo Bonito, and uh, there was a picture of the podium finish as well as the uh, stage where they did the competition. I mean, it looked like a proper, nice, uh, you know, esports setup. Um, and then we figured out at the end of the, I think it was late Saturday. The real reason that they brought these people together at the Porsche factory for this, and the reason is, is uh, Porsche will now replace the World Championship Grand Prix Series in 2019 as the top road series on iRacing. Um, all of the competitors, 20, who already have qualified for that Formula One Grand Prix Series, will be invited to this Porsche World Cup Series. The remaining 20 spots... It could be uh, more if some invited road uh, F1 drivers decline. We'll qualify from a pro series that we will start in early January running the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. The pro, pro series will essentially be open to anyone who has an A road license. And the prize, $100,000 prize pool. hundred grand. Nice so what's your size. initial reaction when you heard that Saturday? When I saw you post that, when we saw that, that's, it's nuts, right? To think that, you know, we've been playing with around with 10,000 and 5,000 and 3,000 awards for, you know, that 10,000 award for the Peak Series has been around for like six or seven years. And I'm, we'll get to the other one afterwards. But to have a series that puts that kind of money into it now, it'll be interesting to see if they're putting the money in, what's the actual other part that's going to go with it, like television-wise and all that kind of stuff, or streaming-wise? Yeah, they did announce it'd be streamed at iRacing Live. Um, and the whole idea, what was? Let, let's back up to the summit. The whole idea of the summit was so they could have, 
30, you know, sim race, some, some of the best sim racers in the room when they made the announcement. It gave them a reason to kind of bring iRacing together with all these people and have a stage and fireworks and all that. I think Porsche hit it out of the park in how they implemented this uh, announcement. I mean, kudos to Porsche and kudos to Porsche for putting up the bunny. Well, the other interesting thing is, is Porsche's had a, I think it's in the last year and a bit here. It's not, I don't know for, for a fact here, but I remember there was like a 10 year contract um, that Porsche was under where only someone, only one company had the license to use the Porsche name in anything video game related wise. And then anything else, like if you looked at any other games that were, they used to, they had to call them RUFs, the, the roughs. Um, brand you couldn't have a Porsche brand in a video game up until now and it looks like Porsche is investing in themselves this time for doing all this instead of leaning letting their contract of tractable name out somewhere else yeah I remember when the rough came out RUF car and it's a Porsche but it had to be licensed as a different kind of car because Porsche's name was licensed to somebody else like you said I think it's Need for Speed, so um, it's EA. EA owned the rights for like ten years on it. Yeah, and obviously that's over. Porsche is now in bed with iRacing big time. Now uh, to finish up the summit, uh, Mitchell DeJong uh, won, David Williams second, Josh Rogers third. Congrats to those guys. Um, but wow, I mean, Porsche really knocked it out of the park. Now, a side story to this is. The forums blew up, guys, from all the heavy road course guys who uh, are like, oh, my God, we don't have an open wheel championship now. And you just added feeder cars like the F3 and the F2.5, uh, you know, as a feeder to the F1 series. And now we abandon that as basically our world championship. Um and a, a lot of the guys are like, wow, because of that, you know, now they're in a proper car, a Porsche. I'm sorry, but did they not see it coming when uh, the F1 Codemaster game took took what they did with F1 and and have their own esports series now with all the teams? That that should have been right, right there. That it's timed out. taken right. right there. Like it's that's what's taken it from them. It's you know they F1 doesn't seem to want to invest in iRacing. That's not where they want to go. I guess they went with Codemaster, their official game. Like you know they iRacing needs a big backing and Porsche stepped up. Okay. The way I the way I think about this is this is a big move for all of sim racing because this isn't just penny money anymore. This is this is right. good good money. Somebody can good, make a living. Good amount of money doing this. Like Ray Alfala. Say he wins say how many years down the road? It's a lot of money he's getting. Well, 100k a year. Is you know that's a job exactly. if you can do it. Yeah, we'll talk about how that's split up here in a minute. Um, one more side note to the the world of the road side, uh, the Pro Series, the Road to Pro for that has been announced. It'll start early January. It's going to be basically uh, Porsches on road courses every two hours, open setup, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for however many weeks. I think nine. And the best in points, the top 20 in points, get it. And so 
there already is a lot of protest in the forums about that because, uh, you know, people want to do it much like the NIS where there's just a few select starts, you know, three or four starts a week, maybe, or one or two, because it opens up the possibility of teams getting together and, you know, doing a high strength of field split maybe in the middle of the night and then letting somebody win, you know, that kind of thing. And because there's a lot of money in, at stake, uh, there are a lot of people are like, oh, wait, we can't do this every two hours. And it doesn't look like iRacing's budging from that, but uh, that is a uh, some controversy that's going on. It almost seems like that was a last minute thought that they put together and didn't really, you know, they were just trying to come up with a way to get it done quickly, right? And they just didn't think of what might be some of the consequences to it. And their reasoning was they want everybody to be able to participate, you know, regardless of schedule. You know, if you have the license, you can run for it, you know. But the truth is you got to have the I rating to really run for it because you got to be top split. I mean, you got to get the, that, those kind of top split points to be able to make it in the top 20 in this nine-week series. I think what you're going to see is, you know, you're going to see the guy, you're right, there's something's going to happen like that. And, you know, maybe something's going to have to be revamped afterwards once, um, you know, if they only get a couple participations after the, something happens there, or they start seeing, you know, certain rooms get go up like that, it could be a big issue. And you don't want that under the, Porsche might not even want that. Yeah, and again, I can't say how much Porsche did such a great job about marketing for this. The summit, the, uh, to bring everybody together, to have a stage, to have a, a, a place to, you know, discuss the 100,000 and all that. It was just perfect. But let's get into the next part. So that was Saturday night. Monday morning, we hear, guess what? Prize money going up a hundred to $100,000 for the East NASCAR peak antifreeze series oval so they went from 10 grand to a hundred grand and they did it with a nice announcement on the video too yes and holy cow i mean where does this money come from i did because did because porsche stepped up did iRacing go over to peak and nascar and say look can you guys step up and match it and it was it peak or was it nascar or was it iRacing i don't know well, and you, what was it? It was was it last week or the week before that when we were announcing that one thing with Porsche that Tyler said that there was some announcement coming. We just had to wait. That was with the uh, NASCAR Heat Three. Uh, oh yes, that's what we it was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, Thanks, I mean, Tommy. this is a this is a heck of a an announcement for sure. I mean, they they just upped it by ten times. Um, Basically, they're just, they're saying like peak antifreeze is here and we're serious. It sounds like peak paid it. Uh, they stepped up for it, and that's a lot of money for like you know. I mean, peak's a big company, but you know, it's not. It doesn't put that kind of money into. I don't know what their sponsorship is in NASCAR because I think what the Clint Boyer is the only one that has. It's like Tony Stewart Racing has peak, don't they? Right, and that's just partial. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's going to be more than a hundred grand to put their name on that car, but you know, that's a big chunk of change for you know to getting this exposure out there. Well, their budget went from ten k to a hundred k for this project. Well, and they've sponsored. It's been peak for. I don't. I'm trying to think. It's seven or eight years now, and you know, so they've paid out at least eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Um, and so after the big surprise with the with the roadside, we get an oval side matching it. And then they say, uh, now other details I'll, I'll bring out here. We will likely pay out top three for every race like we do with the World of Outlaws at the end of the season and also pay much deeper into the field for the overall championship. The placeholder for first place right now is at 40000 So even though it's 100000 that doesn't, doesn't all the winner doesn't get a hundred thousand. He gets forty thousand, and then everybody else gets a chunk too. And so uh, they actually did a breakdown of uh, what the total prize package is worth. It's a hundred and four thousand dollars. Four thousand is iRacing credits, um, and and uh, the rest of it is is money, actual money. Um, I saw a better breakdown somewhere. Let me find it. So just for competing, you can get a hundred dollars. Yeah, and then oh, here it is. Uh, so everybody gets a hundred bucks, right? And then they pay down to twenty-fifth place. So first place forty grand, second gets twelve thousand, third six thousand, fourth three thousand, and then on down. But I see a spot in here as well. Like there, it says total race winning. So they're paying paying the winners of each race. I don't know exactly how that works, but. So it's sixteen thousand two hundred dollars for total race winning. So it's probably got how many races are in the in the schedule this year? And then it says eighty four thousand paid out at championship. So they have some money going for race wins. It sounds like, and then a bunch of it for at the end of the season. This is going to make those races like come down to the end more and more intense now too, right? Like it, it's there's something intangible to write to race for every time now. Yeah. Maybe this is, you know, I was thinking about this when I saw this. Maybe this is why they're taking, you know, one of the things they're taking so much time on to make sure that tire model is right. So that, you know, things, guys can, you know, do tire strategies and things like this to to make, you know, these races interesting near the end. And you wonder if NASCAR ponied up some money, too. I mean, it's possible. I mean, they, they hired the uh, series director, remember? Uh, we have a new guy running the series who actually works for NASCAR and, uh, and they promoted it heavily this week on uh, NASCAR.com. It was on the front page. Uh, they did Twitter and all that Facebook. Uh, Pete came out with a, uh, uh, a quote uh, from Pete Antifreeze. They say, we have a storied history in motorsports and over the past five years as title sponsor, we have authentically engaged and connected with racing enthusiasts competing at the highest level of sim racing. This is a great way to build upon our official global antifreeze partnership with NASCAR and our entitlement of the Peak Mexico NASCAR Series. Now, the other thing is here, I was reading what, uh, uh, Tony, you put this down, the partner gets to weigh in and the way the winnings are split. So that's does this the sponsor, leave it right? Does it leave it open that they could start sponsoring these races then too? And then prize money could be put in that way too? That would be cool, man. If you get more sponsors, the more money, right? So also the schedule was released. Uh, it's 18 different weeks. It starts February 12th and go and, and regular season finishes August 20th. And then they have the playoffs four rounds between August and October. So you're, there's a potential there. If there's $16,000 in prize money at 18, you know, you, you could, if you win a race, you could win, you know, six to a thousand dollars, depending on how they want to split it out. Right. Yeah, and then there was a nice video uh, put out by uh, NASCAR on Twitter of uh, uh, of the announcement 
where they showed, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Ryan Michael Luza out going around the track and then, you know, Ray Alfala doing donuts. And then uh, in 2019, you know, 40 drivers going for a hundred grand and it looks pretty cool. Starts February 12th, uh, the peak series. Um, then, okay, so that was Monday. And then as of today, or was it yesterday, uh, iRacing announced that the additional championships have all been moved to $25,000 each. Okay? So we got the Rallycross, 25000 World of Outlaw Late Model, 25,000 World of Outlaw Sprint Car 25,000 and VRS GT World Championship 25,000 another $100,000 for the remaining four championships like what's all of a sudden there's obviously something either i racing did or did Porsche Porsche's thing jump this whole thing here and make it happen because it just seems like it's all come at once it's amazing that iRacing pulled this off all at once, yes. And where is the money coming from? That's what I want to know. Especially like World uh, Rallycross. There's no sponsor in Rallycross at all. There's no sp- sanctioning body, nothing. You think uh, John Henry's writing a check, maybe? I don't know. Well, and there's stuff we got to talk about that later, too. But that's, you know, tie into that later. But I'm thinking I got a theory on that as well with John Henry. Well, you know, I, we know World of Outlaw, you know, they were co- coughing up the money for that. We, you know, VRS is sponsoring the GT World Championship. I doubt VRS is ponying up $25,000. I would seriously doubt that. And then the Rallycross, I mean, who knows where that money's coming from. But it's amazing. Think about it, guys. $300,000 in prize money has been announced for 2019. I think esports is here. Does this mean esports is here because there's money? Well, and it's and it's good money. It's not even like you know, it, it's not like they just increased it by like fifty percent or a hundred percent. They they've gone tenfold. Five hundred percent is the increase on the peak series. Yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> without a doubt, this is iRacing saying yes, esports is here, and this is this is where you want to do it, right? Yeah. And kudos, iRacing. Whoever pulled all this off at the same time and actually got all the money together at the same time and the way the announcements came off of each other, I mean, it was just brilliant. Well, this could also this could also lead to a lot of openings in the future, like revenue-wise advertising and, and stuff like that. I mean, if they're ponying up this kind of dough, they're going to start you know that that is those these announcements are going to make waves you know people are going to see it hear it and um yeah, one one more step to becoming even bigger well, yeah. and to and to say what you're saying there tony is you know Porsche's going to put 100 grand into this they're going to want to advertise that so that's going to bring you know that's got to bring something to it cuz they want to bring back some of revenue for that 100 grand right yeah, eyeballs on the product, so they got to broadcast it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I am very, uh, it's very cool to be in iRacing right now and see this happening uh, and see it really morph into eSport. I mean, we've been talking about it for a couple of years now, 
And it's just like, you know, one struggle after another, but it's really about money. And when it comes down to it, money drives the sport. And, uh, and the sim side of the sport is no different than, the, you know, the real side of motorsport. And, you know, we go back a week or a week or two weeks here, we were kind of worried that they were putting their money into, you know, heat. And then, F, you know, the other road sides putting their money into the video game sides on like the consoles. And now you look at this and it's like, okay, it, it is here. Yes. Yeah, I'm very pleased. All right, let's keep moving. Tony, you got the next one. Groves. Okay. Well, let's continue on things of what's here and. I believe it was this week that uh, with the new patch, uh, the indie pit crew is now available. Um, I was only able to check out the video for this, um, but uh, yeah, it it looks pretty cool. It looks like a looks like an indie pit stop. They're all working together, doing doing what they do. Have you guys uh, you know checked this out at all in sim? Yep, I tried it, and I actually put a video on our Facebook chat of of it. Because I was at, I tried it at Martinsville, and the guy's ankles were at the pavement. Like his feet were sunk into the pavement, and then the hoses were sunk into the pavement. It looked like quicksand. Well, that's a that's a new track, is it not? Maybe the uh, the concrete just hasn't set, and you got on there a little <laughs> early. There you go. Yeah, I don't know, but the but the truth is, is when you're in the car, you don't see that. But when you're out of the car, you do see that, and so. When I was in the car, it looks perfect. I mean, it really is immersion to the, you know, to the tilt. And but when you're out of the car, it kind of looks a little wonky. I don't know if they still have some more work to do on it, but yeah, it looked good. There'll be different iterations on it, and they'll 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 fix it up. I'm sure it's been pointed out. Right. All right, uh, Greg, you have the next one. So I was re I was reading through this earlier. I'm you know bear with me here, Mike. So. Um, title of this we're calling iRacing website hack so um it's a hack for the website uh, to get hosting uh with weather and time and day um iRacing limits that to the beta ui now i was trying to read up on this um because i haven't hosted any of the races or anything um so everything's done through the uh ui um Mike, you might you you've were, you've seen this a little bit more. I'm not. I don't understand it completely. Is there an actual way to go around that? Well, when they released this last big release, the weather time of day thing when you're setting up a hosted or leak can only be set up through the beta UI. They finally have put something unique in the beta UI that you cannot do on the website, and I think it's to force people to use the beta UI. And it pretty much backfires because everyone doesn't like the beta UI, at least 79% by a recent poll. Um, and so Ryan Hellier, uh, who we've seen his work before, has created a, uh, well, it's not really a hack. It's a, uh, it's a Chrome extension. And so you install this Chrome extension that he's built. And it will allow you to set up the weather and time of day when you set up hosting on the website with his little thing he wrote. And so it's his way of revolting against the beta UI. Well, and I don't know, you were, I think you were away from the uh, headset last night when we had this discussion and someone asked about in the uh, rate truck race last night, we were in, if they were, if the, they were, they were using the dynamic sky and everything like that for the uh, truck race. And the, one of the guys said no, because they didn't want to, 
they didn't want to try anything with the league stuff uh, right off the bat here until they fixed it because they didn't want to work with the beta UI. So that was another, you know, a league is choosing not to use the beta UI as well. Yeah. But if you recall, this guy, he made a, a Chrome extension a long time ago that I've talked about before that where you could hit like uh, register for a race and then it would make a little check mark that would auto join the race. So you wouldn't have to click join when it came to the top of the hour, it would join for you. So that way you could walk away from the computer, go get a drink, whatever. It would automatically join you at the top of the hour. So little stuff like that he's done before. We talked about one about three weeks ago, I think, where he made uh, that, that made the stats more robust when you went to the stats page. And I think Mason actually tried that and said it was working. When you, is this what you were talking about in the chat yesterday when I asked about uh, registering when it wasn't at home? Well, no, that's a little different. That's takes remote. That's remote control of your own computer. Oh, okay. I, would, I use remote Chrome desktop for that. But it's also a, a Chrome extension thing. All right, let's keep moving. I got the next one. Clouds uh, are messed up with if you're using NVIDIA 3D. And so I don't know a lot about NVIDIA 3D, but some people do use it. And there's a bug where the cloud, like when you look out your left eye in VR, you see the cloud in one spot. And then when you look out the right eye, the cloud is in a different spot. And so it kind of messes you up because you're seeing the same thing in the two different places. It has something to do with this NVIDIA 3D. Um, now, people apparently run NVIDIA 3D, and they have like 3D glasses, and they race like this. And so this is kind of a new, I haven't really heard about this before much, and so I did do some reading about it. But um, but Sean Nash from iRacing is aware of the issue. Um, uh, he's He's trying to fix it, basically. That uh, Jacob Klein posted a picture of the 3D thing. That's hard to look at. Yeah, and if you put on your 3D glasses, though, it'll look great. See, I'm confused. I don't know about you guys, but I've never heard of NVIDIA 3D before now. Yeah, it was news for me, too. But apparently we have iRacers doing it. We have a, a three-page thread about it um, where people are having problems with the clouds, apparently. I, th I think personally, once iRacing figures out fully uh, what if if we give them enough feedback on this whole dynamic weather thing, they'll iron out most of the problems. It's just like any other update. Yeah, and and you know, it's so far it's been really smooth. The day night thing, I think, for the most part. All right, Tony Groves next. Yeah, next up we got a uh, well, it's a it's a tweet from uh, YouTuber Jimmy Broadbent. He was uh, he was pretty pleased with himself. Uh, he was racing an F1, and uh, the caption is, I passed Max Verstappen, um, and then in quotations, and murdered Lando Norris. Um, actually, check this uh, video out. It was it was pretty good. He, he's a pretty entertaining cat, that guy. Um, he was, uh, you know, very much outclassed in that race. It was a pretty small field. I think there's only about nine of them racing, and uh, I, I didn't catch what track they were racing at, but... Uh, Montreal, I think. Was that yeah is that where it was? Okay. Yeah, it's Montreal. And uh, you know, he got he got real excited that he was able to to pass uh, Verstappen. Now is because Verstappen uh, spun out. But hey, a pass is a pass, and I'd be just as excited. User joined your channel. Um, same same with uh, you know murdering Lando. Uh, 
I was watching it. <laughs> he did smack him broadside, but um, you know, it would have been pretty hard for him to, to spin out. But it was an interesting watch nonetheless and uh, pretty entertaining as well. Yeah, and this guy is a, a, a real YouTuber. He's got, on this video, 190,000 views so far. I mean, we're talking big exposure here. Well, he's also, I don't know if you guys know, Jimmy is also the announcer for the F1 eSports series. Uh, he's the main announcer for it. I see. Yeah, and so the, the guys he's racing with is a team. I think it's called Coanda Simsport. And all these guys are on the same team. And they're the, really the best Formula One sim racers in the world really are on that team. And it was kind of fun to watch him race those guys. And, and he's kind of the commoner trying to keep up, so to speak. And uh, it was very interesting. And it wasn't actually a race. It was a practice. And they were just kind of running together. But every couple minutes or so, they would actually slow down like there was a safety car so everybody could catch up. And then they would go again. Well, but yeah, you, I was I, I was wondering kind of what was going on there. I, I I missed that because all of a sudden, yeah, everybody slowed down, and he's like, "Well, I think this is my chance," and he just went and passed everybody. And it's like, "Yeah, I'm in first. and um, yeah, it was it was good for a laugh, anyways. <laughs> I was entertained. I actually watched the whole thing. Uh, I, I thought it was very entertaining, and uh, yeah, we'll have more on Lando Norris later. All right, let's keep moving, Greg. Uh. Tim Ryan, uh, World of Outlaws Sprint Car Champion, tweeted a uh, picture. I guess his uh, prize winnings have shown up to his house. Uh, so he's got a nice picture. It looks like he's in his kitchen here on his Twitter page. Um, it says, cool shipment from World of Outlaws today. Uh, thanks, Craftsman, uh, MPI, uh, for the sweet product. Uh, Donnie Sean's lookout. I'm only nine championships behind. So it's the trophy looks really nice there that he's got, and it looks like he's got a wheel and a tool set. Um, so congratulations to Tim on his uh, winning, and uh, let's see if he can keep it up. Yeah, nice-looking hardware he got there. All right, I'll take this next one. Uh, okay, John Henry, who is the co-founder of iRacing. He also is a partial owner of Roush Fenway Racing. He also owns the Boston Red Sox. He also owns a football team over in the UK. Uh, and he's a billionaire. Um, anyway, uh, apparently it's rumored that John Henry is now interested in buying a minority stake of NASCAR. So how does this uh, tie into iRacing? Well, he's the iRacing founder. So this... uh, what do you guys think? Is this a good move for uh, John Henry? It might not be such a good move for John Henry, but is a it's it's a very it's a good move in the way of trying to better iRacing. Because if yeah. you have st you have you have stake in NASCAR, you have a very good wiggle room that you can do things. You can try to work things out. You can try to do things that includes includes more of the NASCAR name, just not the Monster Energy Series, the Xfinity Series, Truck Series. That goes down to the ARCA sanctions. That goes down into, sorry, into home tracks. That goes down into many things. You're not going to so be now, limited. Yeah. Now the question is, if he becomes a stakeholder in NASCAR, takes you know a portion of it, does that mean he would have to give up his portion of Roush? Like, can you own and be part of a, a company like that? I don't know. Good point. Uh, I don't see why not, but 
Uh, well, we have a lot of the cross-pollination already amongst the owners that going over to TV and stuff like that. Well, I was going to say, just, you know, he's in a, he's a minority stake. I mean, I think it'd be a bigger deal if, if he, he had was the majority. majority. Yeah. And if he's minority, he's who's a... the majority? <laughs> well, think, if he becomes... He argue... Oops, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, I think the two largest track owners in the industry are heavily involved in NASCAR. Maybe I don't have that right, but isn't SMI and uh, the other one like... ISC. ISC, like, basically own NASCAR? <laughs> yeah. I mean, ISC sense. is owned by NASCAR. SMI is not. SMI is so, a public traded company. So anybody that doesn't have a racetrack that's in those two companies, like Pocono, for example, you're on the outside looking in. Yeah, is this Pocono and Dover and Indy are really the holdouts. Uh, for example, it was announced that Nashville uh, Speedway is uh, potentially looking at getting a NASCAR date. Uh, the only way it's working out is SMI is getting involved in probably buying the track. I'll say this, and I've said this multiple other places, it is a great thing when companies come in and buy tracks. Because you're giving these small towns and these big towns, because Nashville is kind of a big town, the chance to get back to its roots, get back to the track's roots, gets back to, gets back to what this city is, how the city was 10, 20 years ago. Um, another thing up by me, Nazareth Speedway, that thing's sitting in just trees and debris and everything rotting away. This is a track that in 2004, they ran IndyCar. They ran NASCAR. They ran all that stuff. Why are we letting these tracks sit while companies can be making money with these tracks and also the towns could be making money with these tracks? Why aren't we doing this? The biggest issue there is, you know, those two companies own the majority of the tracks. They have to own it and give up one of the dates of their other tracks to yeah. do it until they figure out this whole track thing. Was it 2022, 2020? When's that year, whole, yeah, is it next year? I think NASCAR was better before all the tracks were owned by two companies, personally. Right. But even these tracks that these companies are buying, why don't you give them to like the truck series or the Xfinity series and take some of these tracks out that are run two times a season why are you going to go back to tracks that you have already mastered, have already, you know, ran something, an amazing race? Why are you going to go back to it and say, like, oh, yeah, it was a great race. Let's see if we can do it again. Uh, they're they're it going just, that it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to two tracks back at the, topic, the same though, time. It would seem that if iRacing had a major stake in NASCAR, that NASCAR would have a tighter relationship and they could use iRacing as a test bed, which is something I actually put in the Gen 6A topic form that blew up. Right. Well, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what would happen if he did have it, like you're saying there, because, you know, if NASCAR, you know, he gets to have a say, a talk about it and he gets to say, well, you know, let's try this here, you know, we could get things a lot, maybe things could get pushed along a lot quicker than what they are, you know, now. They, if he owns Roche Fenway, that the next Mustang that should be scanned would be a should be a Fenway Mustang. Do you well, not, you know, <laughs> you'd hope so. You'd think that he would be the one that would just fork that car up right away. Right. 
I guess what I'm saying is, is if he owns a stake in NASCAR, then iRacing could be used as the with the core fan base, which it is. Like we're all avid NASCAR fans, right? Why wouldn't you use iRacing to test a format out in the 12 week off season? Right. Like why wouldn't you run both cars at the same time, throw it on TV, and see what people think? Yeah, let's put plates on them and make the spoiler higher and see what happens in the sim before we do it in real life. Exactly. Now, on that topic, do you think do you think that they could have an esports off season to the NASCAR that would still pique people's interest? Like if they finish the season up and then they have the esports part in the off season when NASCAR is not on, or do you have to run it? You know, if you really want to have people watch it, run it parallel to an actual racing know. weekends you could do it either way i think make cases either way i think if if we gave us a, a season or something to an esports group like iRacing, nascar heat whatever and they were to televise it i think it would do better in the off season because you have guys that are looking for something to watch on say like a sunday night or a saturday night or whatever that like racing and want to see something close to what they're normally watching. I think it would be a good move if we right. did that. Well, I hope John Henry does it. Um, I can't see any downside for iRacing. Uh, we're already heavily involved with uh, NASCAR, and that would just get us more involved, I would think. So, all right, Tony, what's next? Oh, chow down. It's Chili Bowl time. Um, iRacing <clears throat> threw up a... A really nice video. It's uh, a mix of real User life and from your sim racing. Um, showing drivers like Christopher, B Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson. and um, Well, I mean, that, that track just got released this week, I believe. Um, yeah. uh, Kevin Swindell put up on his Twitter uh, some shots of him uh, going around the track. And I, I personally don't know really anything about this track except for what we've you know been talking about over the last uh quite a while and and to me i'm i'm absolutely blown away with the uh with the look of this track uh <laughs> it just it's really hard to determine that it's actually sim um, i was just going to say that i mean yeah. this verse video like you said is a mix of real life shots and shots from the sim and I swear to God, there's times when I cannot tell the difference. Right now, have you you've watched the the Kevin Swindell uh, video? It's about a 22 second clip of him. Uh, that looks real. Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Like if it wasn't, you know, you can tell that the crowd's not real, but um, you get to spots where where there's no crowd showing, and it's 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 unbelievable. These guys did a bang up job on this. Yeah, Kevin Swindell is a four-time Chili Bowl national champion, okay? Uh, there's nobody better at uh, Chili Bowl than him. And, uh, boy, he was on uh, the track uh, right after it released. Uh, pretty cool, yeah. I haven't bought it yet. I, I was so tempted last night, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be a while before before I buy it. I got I to gotta get my legs into dirt a little better, but uh, I'll be looking forward to it when I get there. Okay. okay. Next up, I got this one. Uh, schedules. Uh, 2019 Road to Pro for Oval. Uh, we have a schedule out. Uh, starts March 19th at Texas. Goes through October 1st uh, at Homestead. And uh, it's like an every, every two-week kind of schedule. 
It's called the NASCAR Road to Pro Series. And I do believe that'll be the trucks like it was last year. So it starts a little later. It doesn't start in February. It starts March 19th. Um, we also got an update about, uh, what was this one? Oh, uh, an announcement. Uh, Tyler Hudson said, attention NASCAR Pro Series drivers due to some developing circumstances regarding the peak series and the recent announcements. We are reducing the season from eight down to seven. We're going to conclude on January 23rd, 2019. Um, because of the scheduling of the peak series, I need to make it one week uh, shorter. Um, and then they talked about the Porsche Pro Qualifying Series. Um, and that's going to start in January and run nine weeks. It's going to be every two hours like we talked about. They announced the uh, tracks as well. Uh, and then, uh, as we already discussed, a lot of people didn't like the format of the every two hours. Uh, that forum thread is blown up to five pages already. But, you know, Tyler did have an indication in one of those posts that they weren't going to change it regardless. All right, Greg, uh, we got the season one patch one. So this was uh, Wednesday that uh, we were down for a little bit to get the uh, season one patch one. Um, bring it up here. So they were down on Wednesday and uh, some of the release notes um, go through some of it. Uh, iRacing beta UI interface that fixed some background issues to for some to having some slow response for the U UI, <clears throat> some rendering. Uh, stuff was smoothened out. Uh, they were still. They talked about the uh, uh, distance in 3D when using the NVIDIA 3D again. So um, it looks like they fixed that. Dynamic sky. Um, they fixed some of the tracks uh, with reflective areas and stuff like that. Um, the time of day. Uh, the clock uh, label has changed to sim time on the re uh, replay screen. Now the big one that uh, was on this one that that we were talking about was uh, already talked about was the pit stops with the Indy car. It's also on the uh, Delara DW12, the Delara F3, the IR18, and the Indy car 2011 Delara. Um, they also changed um, for the GTE pit stops um, have been implemented uh, a rule change. Uh, the car must now be refueled first. Um, and made only change tires once refueling is complete. Uh, this addresses both members' requests and anticipating changes in the WEC rules for 2019-2020. Uh, so that's that. There's some telemetry stuff they fixed. There was a couple patches they've made on some cars. Uh, Charlotte, they did some more work on. Big, big announcement with the uh, Chili Bowl uh, track being added. So it was nice to see that they've did a whole bunch of content in a in a patch, you know, a right, couple in a weeks patch into it, right? Release, right? Yep. So, trying to get the revenue in before the end of the year is what my guess is. Yeah, and the other thing, um, so there's been some issues, I guess, since the patch. Someone had uh, you had posted, I guess, Mike. Didn't just see that now that you had an issue when you joined the Lamar HPD, no lights. Uh, what was that about? Yeah. So there's an interesting bug. If you join a hosted Lamar session, you won't have headlights. But if you go test Lamar by yourself, you do have headlights. And uh, they're aware of it. Uh, a lot of people have uh, 
talked about it. Uh, they think they know what the fix is, but it won't be fixed until like January. Um, so um, it has to do with it's a real big track to begin with. And then when you have six cars and you have everything turned on in graphics, some kind of graphics thing that they have a limit on runs out and it somehow turns off the lights. So part of the build was they fixed uh, the lighting at Le Mans after dark. They tweaked it. Remember a while back when it first came out, I said the dark was cool, but it was not dark enough. Well, they fixed that. And boy, it's perfect now. It's literally perfect. When you get in a, a car on a track at night with no lights and you look out to the side, you can't see. It is dark, okay? It, it's perfect. But uh, when those when I went out on the track and didn't have headlights, man, is that hard. And I tell you what, this is the one thing that people are not talking about is how are our 24-hour events going to be affected by the day-night transition on tracks that don't have lights, Okay. Daytona, no problem. They have lights there, okay? But Le Mans, there's no lights there, and they run at night. And I've been out at Le Mans almost daily trying to run laps at night with just the headlights. And it is hard as hell. You cannot believe how hard it is. And I know that track. And it's going to be a game changer come Le Mans in June. Uh, the people that have, don't practice, that don't know the track, they're going to wreck. I guarantee it. So I, I don't run road at all. I don't. Stay far away from it at, at any chance I get. How 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 is HPD cars handle wise? Because I know there's certain things that you can do to make the car handle better, but I I'm not sure how track dynamics would. I know this is a little off topic, but track dynamics in the dynamic weather tracks always changing. So how is that going to tie in with the 24 hours? Because you can't make certain adjustments in the car. You have to make those outside of the car. What What is the dynamic tracks going to do for the 24 hours? Well, if you're looking at like the, like, you know, if you're looking at the specific Le Mans series, like, so like what we competed in last year, um, you got the Porsche and the Audi Le Mans cars or LMP1 cars. They have a lot of in-car modifications you can do to combat weather change but usually what happens is during the day you have less grip and then as soon as you get at night you're going to get more grip so you'll get tighter or have more traction or whatever for those kind of cars you got and then the gte and the gt3 cars that are in that series as well they have little things you can do traction control wise and brake bias wise that's pretty much all you got to work with um in any series really like you know most the only car i think the only one that really has a lot of stuff that you can do it on the f1 car i don't know about the new i haven't tried out the new formula three cars and three car or anything like that but uh the f1 car has a lot of on on board dash controls you can fix for time of day changes i, I don't think you're we know the answer to tell you the truth because we haven't done it well, and remember I talked about this in the chat too. Like if you think of the NASCAR racing series or the NIS when we do that, if they do the tracks like, um, you know, the fixed series. So when you're in a fixed series, you can't do any changes besides brake bias and, you know, fuel and stuff like that when you're on pit road or tires. But you can't do pressure changes. You can't do wedge, nothing like that. How is that going to change the fixed series when you start off with one the car feeling one way and it changes as it gets, you know, into the other part of it? Is it going to... Is it going to make where in the fixed series you got to have 
you know, could it make the fixed series not as popular this year because it might not run good into those? I don't, we don't know, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I can tell you though, Zalma is going to be a game changer because there's no lights. And boy, you guys better start practicing. I am. Uh, we got to keep moving. Let's keep going here. Uh, next up, uh, Tony. Yeah, so they uh, uh, gave the details for the roar before the 24 at Daytona. Um, looks like it's happening uh, January 12th to 13th with uh, four different time slots uh, starting you know, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, Saturday 8 a.m., Saturday at noon, and Sunday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Um, Going to need a, a D license with at least a 4.0 safety rating. And, uh, yeah, cars and class are going to be running the, the Kia Optima, the Ford Mustang FR500 with a 90% fuel capacity. I'm not sure why they did that. I was trying to I, find I, I know the answer to that. Okay. And as well, the uh, Global Mazda MX-5. Yeah, the reason it's 90% was uh, this is a 2.4-hour race. And the Mustang could do it on one stop if they stretch it. And so the community basically begged, hey, can we lower the fuel capacity? So there's some fuel strategy here, and there's at least a couple stops because the other cars have to stop more than once. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. And, yeah, I, I see them right at the top of the uh, where, where they put a pole up. Um, I didn't read that until just now. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, hey, that makes sense. Um, now, 2.4 hours out. Um, I'm I'm a dummy towards this. I don't know anything about the roar before. Um, do you still have to do that in a team setting? Because two and a half, you know. No, just single car. No, it's yeah, single car. Okay. This is what the uh, they never used to have the endurance race longer. It used to be called the 24 hours of or like the Rolex, and they used to do it by 2.4 hours. That's how, how they started for like the longest time. Yeah, before we had 24-hour races, yeah, we had the 2.4. Okay, well, yeah, I was wondering, because like, well, 2.4, that's, that's, that's not too hard to do by yourself. No. That's like, that's like 50 laps in the NIS. Right. <laughs> now, the first year that they did that, where they did the 24 hours of Daytona, they had the Roar before, but I remember they used the, the same cars that they, we had in the 24. So we used it as a, a warm-up race kind of thing. And, uh, but now, but they've changed it. Now it's completely different cars, obviously. All right. I'm going to keep the next one. Uh, David Cater's final ride, as they called it, a uh, race happened, a promotional race to gather funds for David Cater's funeral expenses. Uh, it happened on primetime racing TV. It was a fantastic broadcast. Uh, teammate Mason Stiver, uh, did compete, uh, in that, in a split, uh, with the 21 other cars, it was a cup car at Chicago. Uh, they did a three-wide salute at the beginning. Uh, Mason started P6 and finished P6. And I uh, had a really good time uh, uh, throughout the race, he said. You know, I think this is great when the whole iRacing community comes comes together as a whole and really remembers somebody and acknowledges the fact that we're, we're all human. There's somebody behind that car, that wheel, you know, that computer, that car that's annoying you, 
there there's somebody behind there and the fact that we took it to this level of what we're doing for David and his family uh, it it touches you and it it makes you really love this community and see what see as a whole what somebody has with that uh, I raced with David a few times and you know it was not just a good race it was one of the best races because he was a very bright very loving guy that would help you with anything not even just eye racing it was setup wise as in like steering wheel components all that stuff he was very good with that I unfortunately could not take part in this race I would have loved to I know a few people had a very good time but it, it's definitely something good when the community can come out and do stuff like this oh yeah yeah, I'm glad that Mason was able to represent our team and, and go and participate. Um, and they are, you know, are, got some money together to help the situation. Yeah, community came together big time on, on David Cater. He was so popular. Everybody out there knows who he is. Gone but never forgotten. Yep. All right, Greg, what's next? Uh, another reminder of another race? Okay, so the OP Racing presents the Mission 22 24 Hours at Charlotte. Uh, so they're just... We're reminding again, uh, it's put on by uh, iRacing Drivers World, uh, Alex Green. Um, 24 hours at Charlotte Oval in the Monster Energy Cup car. Uh, it's on February 16th. Um, so Mission 22 is a nonprofit uh, that combats, uh, raises uh, money for veterans uh, on for, for their for, uh, suicide prevention. Um so they have 30 slots for and uh, four for, per team. Uh, entry fees ten dollars, uh, and if you want to go to it, uh, go to the Mission 22 website, Facebook page. Um, now. Yeah, everything is listed there on how to join. Yeah. So, um, good luck with this race. I, you know, that's a long race at Charlotte, and I hope they get the, uh, you know, 30 slots filled out. Wow, four teams of four, 24 hours, that's six hours each, yikes. Uh, well, no, is that right? Yeah. All right, I got the next one. Uh, Matt Malone versus Lando Norris, one of the strangest rivalries in iRacing. This Twitter post came up uh, from iRacing uh, earlier today, but what's interesting is I already had found this race before they Twittered it. I was on iRacing looking for something to do, and I was ghosting races because uh, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was practiced enough to actually get in a road course race yet. So I ghosted, and I do that a lot. And I just randomly picked a ghosted race, uh, and it was like GT3s at Charlotte, Roval. And sure enough, in there was Matt Malone, uh, a guy named Sage Karam. We've talked about him like the last two or three weeks. He used to be an Indy car driver. Um, he actually has a ride for this year's Indy 500, too. Uh, and also Lando Norris, the Formula One driver. And so I went in there, and um, they were just getting ready to start the race. So I actually went on board with Lando uh, in his cockpit camera and just watched the beginning of the race and watched him come up through the field. And that's what he did, too. And what was interesting is his line is unique. He does not run the same line everybody else does. Like, for example, if you imagine the Roval, uh, not turn one, not turn two, but three, which is like a, 
a U-turn kind of thing. He goes really wide off into the runoff on that and then gets a super hot launch off the, down that little backstretch. And uh, just stuff like that. I was, like, trying to pick up some tips. Uh, he eventually wrecked um, going through the chicane uh, and, uh, and finished, like, dead last. So, But it was fun to watch. Uh, I think I called it in the chat he was an alien. But, yeah, he's fast. All right, let's get into hardware software. Greg, you're up next. So we got uh, the GS5 motion seat uh, soon to be released. Uh, so there's just a quick update on it. Um, so they're in beta testing, I guess, on the last little bit of it here. Um, we've covered this a bunch of times, haven't we? Yeah, but the um, price now is released. So now they got the price I'm looking at here, $29.99, so $3,000. And uh, comes with a Sim Commander and Sim Vibe software. Um, so you know anybody that uh, I, I'm trying to remember what it looks like here. I'm trying to see if I can bring it up. Yeah. So uh, there's also a tutorial that was posted about how to add shakers. Oh, okay. Now I see what it is. And man, uh, this looks so cool. Richard McNaughlin uh, put up a detailed post with pictures about how to install uh, what's called Dayton Pucks. And so what you do is you buy four of these little Dayton pucks, they're little transducer speaker things. And the GS5 seat has little cutouts on the little flaps that hit against your body. And you can cut the little circle out and mount the puck inside that circle. And then you hook it up to an audio amp. And then you're running sound through these little pucks that are attached to the little things that hit your back. And so those speakers like are right up against your body. And so, anyway, it's a real easy add-on to a GS5 seat if you want to get some more immersion. He tells you exactly what to buy and how to install it. To me, this is just nuts. Like, you know, just every time we got something, we think that, you know, what they, can they do to uh, increase these uh, or make these seats even better? They, they find that some people just find an extra little bit to, you know, get out of it and... I would, I would, be, I would love to, you know, see what that chair feels like to to race in. Now the seat is obviously designed with these pucks in mind because it has cutouts for them. Is it the pucks are from a different company though, aren't they? Yeah, but the software to run the pucks is the same software that runs the seat, and it's the same software that would run a butt kicker if you had a butt kicker. I I just have one question about this GS five. I haven't seen it as much as maybe you guys have. Why Why is a product like this going for $3,000? Well, you see, this... scroll down to the picture where you see the flaps, the gray flaps. Yeah. Those move. Those are hydraulic, and those move based on your driving. They push against you. It makes it feel like G-forces. Really? Yeah, it's simulated G-force kind of thing. Do you so, like, if you make a hard left turn then the right side is going to push against your back, and it feels like you're kind of being pushed to the left. You know what I mean? All right, so take out exactly what I just said. Ignore it. It's fine. $3,000, cool. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Well, the other reason it's $3,000 is it's, you know, it's really one of the only things on the market. You know, you got these things that are, you know, they're more priced, priced this way because they don't have any competitors against it as well, right? Like, there's a lot of software involved and stuff to do this. 
but you know it's supply and demand all the time right it's very unique yeah very unique product yeah well and you can match this chair with the you know motion rigs and you got the g-force part here on the seat and then have a motion rig moving with it and you can right. even you know you could have that sliding platform you can have the shocks in the back like there's endless possibilities of seat setups you can have and this product is a good stopgap for people that don't want a full motion rig but just have a stationary rig and want something this is a great add-on to add on to a stationary rig and you know if i had three grand i'd be i'd be thinking about this a little bit you know and just putting it on my stationary rig as a starting point and then maybe go to motion later i was hoping he'd show a picture i was looking here but he never showed a picture of after putting the cover back on to see if it you know if it's noticeable at all because they look like they might be like where you're sitting there you might have you know could those be you know a pressure point on your you know bat rear end yeah the covers are really thick from what i've seen before on a previous post i don't think you'd even notice the pucks but uh definitely if you're getting a gs5 you need to find this uh shaker tutorial um, search gs-5 review in the forums all right let's keep moving uh tony you're next proto simtech sold yeah out. yeah well for anybody that was in the market for Proto Simtech PT2 pedals, uh, you missed it. They're all sold out. Um, and apparently, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, took 25 minutes this time around. Um, but uh, this is, uh, Chris Smith posted that um, the work. Uh, what, what, Holy cow. He's got a fairly big announcement to make once production starts next year. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, he does say, though, it's not a new product or anything. So don't get your hopes up. Um, but he'll be making another another round for anybody that uh, wants to get in on the next batch. Better be quick with the mouse buttons because uh, yeah, 25 minutes to, to sell out what he had this time. It was pretty quick. You know yeah. you're doing something good as a company when you're selling out in 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 480 the, bucks. You're doing something right. Those are non-hydraulic ones, right? They're yeah, load they're cell. Load cell. Yeah, but they're nice load cell pedals for 480 bucks. I mean, they're you know they're they look like a solid piece too. Like they you know if you mounted just something nice, you can really. But they they're. they're the, the construction on them is really good. I've never heard a bad thing about these. I've only heard good things. I've never, not once, one bad thing about these. So their website is protosimtech.com. And they're in the ballpark of all other load cell price, you know, good brake pedals or good pedal sets anyways. All right, Greg, uh, Fanatec, they can't release their direct drive base, but they're still trying to sell them. So tell us what we got next. So uh, I saw this video and I was like, so they're onto their third version of the same wheel. It's uh, the Club Sport steering wheel V2 officially is licensed for Xbox. So it's just, it's the same one we've been reporting on the last couple of weeks here. It's just in the red version and it's, you know, officially an Xbox one. So they've now covered, you know, their basic PS4. gold one was PC. They got the PS4 blue one and then now they got the red, the red one. And I have to say, of all three, the red one probably catches your eye the most. Um, yeah, it is very vibrant. It's a very vibrant red. Um, it still has, 
the uh, option to have the podium advanced paddles added to it. Um, I don't know. Fanatec has really got stepped up the game on the steering or on the wheel portion of it. Um, I'm hoping that they can. They've looks like they've righted the ship with the uh, direct drive. They're, you know, they've solved some problems with the customers. I know David has been in a lot of contact with Fanatic about getting his something to out of the out of um, from them for right now while he's waiting on his direct drive base. So um, I look forward to hearing from David this week about uh, this rim because he did order this rim and uh, will be coming this week. He's getting the red one. I think it was the red one that he had coming. Yeah, they got the gold, the blue, and the red now. So, I think they're released, or they might be taken pre. Or I can't remember. I have to. I'd have to go back and look on the. Yeah, they're three hundred and fifty bucks. I mean, they're a nice looking Formula One kind of style wheel with tons of buttons, and uh, yeah, they look sharp. You can go to Fanatech.com for those. I'm pretty uh, sure it says here that they don't release till February. So maybe it was another rim that uh, David was talking about i apologize if i got that wrong definitely a nice rim i I do agree with you on that definitely nice and catches your eye i have you know i have fanatic stuff and i you know their quality is good and their customer service if something does go wrong is you know has worked out in the past for me so you know good on them and they're trying to solve that problem with the base so you know next 20 2019 could be a big year for uh fanatec all right. Next is uh, Heiskenveld has launched their Sim Pedal Sprint. Finally launched. We have talked about this before, uh, but product launch has happened now. Uh, you get a three pedal set for six ninety nine euro, uh, or two pedal set five ninety nine euro. Um, there also is an optional base plate of eighty nine euro, and these are load cell, much like the PT twos that we just talked about. But these are Heiskenveld. So. You- and this this is also another company that's been building these for a while, haven't they? Oh yeah, these, these this company's been around a long time. They are out of Europe. Uh, their pedals, again, second to none. I, I've never heard a bad complaint about them. So boy, you know what would you pick? I think it depends on where you live. I mean, if you can get, you know, the the PT twos are based out of the United States. These are based out of Europe. Uh, pricing is a little less, obviously, for the. The, the American-based company than these are, but when you look at them, I mean, they look like the same kind of thing, the same kind of product. They're very similar. They definitely sponsor a bunch of race cars, don't they? All right, I'm going to take this last one. Uh, RTX Titan has been announced, okay? Now, uh, NVIDIA has used the Titan name before. Uh, remember, we had the 1080... Uh, the 1080 Ti, and then there was a Titan, so to speak, the 1080 Titan. Well, they're doing the same thing with the 2080 series. So we got the 2080, the 2080 Ti, and now the RTX Titan, as they call it. Guess what, guys? $2,500 for this graphics card. Yep. And one iRacer uh, gave us a really good summary about this card. Um, He said, so yeah, Titan RTX is what the 2080 Ti should have been with 12 gigabyte too much VRAM and an insane price tag. Performance is still equal to that of a 2080 Ti in normal workloads. And it's questionable as to whether it'll be of any use in any deep learning or AI stuff over a Titan 5 or the Quadro cards. 
In other words, it's the wor- it's the most overpriced, nonsensical GPU released to date. Good job, NVIDIA. Why would, like, I, I wouldn't put a $2,500 card in my system. I'm sorry, that's just a ridiculous, you know, you price yourself out of any, you know, Joe Schmo, anybody that wants to race or do any gaming or whatever they're using it for, you know, price it right out of it. Like $2,500, you know, you could build a really good computer and still have money left over for that. Okay, so you can buy two 2080 Ti's, two of them, for under the price of this card. Now, here's the other thing. Jay-Z Two Cents, who we've talked about before, has a great YouTube channel that he... uh goes over benchmarking of these kind of cards. Uh, he got his hands on them and he did some benchmarks on several popular games and titles. And guess what? The Titan RTX maybe 5 or 10% more performance than the 2080 Ti. Maybe 5 or 10%. So how does that 5 or 10% justify more than double the price? I have no idea. My my question is is what kind of applications are out there that would warrant that type of CAD. card? Like, there's yeah, got to be, be something. CAD. Okay, so um, is is that card gonna actually like crazy outperform in that instance over just the regular twenty uh, eighty? Yeah, that was something that the the guy in the video was talking about. He was gonna try to learn how to measure that using other stuff besides gaming. And uh, so that's to come. So, yes, it might be good for those kind of applications because it has 24 gigabytes of onboard RAM, which you don't need that at all in any kind of gaming scenario. Okay, so if it's in, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's a using it for, like, a business, you know, for something for CAD, you know, you're making cutting-edge things with it, um, and this is a cutting-edge card, I can, yeah, you know, I can kind of justify the price tag but you know obviously for a gaming thing it's it's way over the top nothing's even touching what that card is capable of so i i I can kind of see it so in the forums they're already talking about who's going to be the first iRacer to buy it and try it somebody will do it but at this stage in the game what would be the point because there's (laughs) there there is no point you get five percent you know better performance that's it Oh, okay. So you can just hold that mantle. I just spent twenty five hundred bucks on a completely useless card for this game at this point in time. That's that's awesome. In fact, Jay Z Two Cents, at one point in his video, I did watch the whole thing. He even said that during the testing, at one point during one, I think it was Battlefield Five, is what he was playing. Uh, the more expensive card actually performed worse than the twenty eighty Ti. Why wouldn't you just? save up another $500 and get that seat we were talking about. Right. Yeah, okay. So with that being said there, Mike, that that just fully tells me that this card is designed for right now for other applications than just games. Yeah, you know it, they I mean? didn't put it out there to ga- gain gamers to buy it. You're right. Okay. Makes It'd sense. It'd be a comp- it's probably companies invest in something like that for you know a bigger invest like, you know, bigger projects. Yeah, in his final summary of the video, I mean, he was just basically like, don't buy this thing. There's no point, you know, total waste of money. I'm paraphrasing, of course. 
<laughs> but I'm, I'm interested to see who in iRacing is going to try it. Somebody will. Uh, there's already a forum thread where people are threatening to buy it. Pretty funny. All right, we've gone over. Let's jump right into final thoughts. Greg Hectus. I'm uh, just uh, looking forward to uh, another week here. Uh, David and I are going to race uh, an endurance race this weekend together uh, on Sunday. Um, re- representing Team or Team Tafosi on the uh, endurance uh, side, um, and uh, you know it'll be another week of uh, next week will be the uh, ARCA and uh, Truck Series racing for me. So um, I look forward to that. I've really enjoyed uh, racing with you, Mike, this week, and uh, Tony. Uh, always a Tony, and now in the ARCA series, it's fun to have. I wish Chris had made it out this week, but I. Uh, you know, he had a, a little couple of, or another obligation, um, but I just look forward to this week uh, and moving on to uh, Christmas here um, as well. All right. Uh, Mason Stiver, you joined in. What's your final thought? Yeah, I hopped in here. Um, I had, I'm sure you guys talked about already, but the David K. Memorial race was a, a blast and I was glad to be able to participate in it. There's nice clean racing and hard racing for sure. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I was glad to do it. All right. Yeah, we did talk about that. Thank you for participating and uh, uh, representing Tafosi. We all knew David in some way and uh, we appreciate that you made the time to do that. Thank you. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to be honest with you. I've been I've been kind of wrapped up with uh, with my work stuff um, and a year shenanigans that I got to do. Um, hasn't left much time for racing, but I still get to race. You know, with the uh, with the old bastards on Monday nights with the Arca series, which I am streaming every Monday night. Follow me at uh, Twitch.tv/slash Sir Groves. Sir Groves. Okay. Cool. All right, and special guest Thomas Wagner, thanks for joining us. Uh, certainly welcome back anytime. What are your final thoughts? Uh, I don't really have any. I just uh, had a good time. Hope to come back soon. Well, absolutely. We're happy to have you. Uh, thanks for uh, contacting us. And, yeah, I mean, if you're a listener out there and you want to be on the show like Thomas, just let us know, man. We'll work with you and get you in. Uh, we're happy to have the more the merrier. Yes, thanks for coming. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, wow, I've been having fun uh, doing a lot of random stuff on iRacing. Uh, I ran the SRF on uh, Tuscuba and got a win, my first road win of the year, actually. Uh, I got a, And then I backed it up with a third-place finish. And then I ran again, and I think I got eighth, but I was getting a little cocky. But, wow, I had fun in that car at that track. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I've been ghosting a lot of stuff. I've been trying to uh, watch David Hall do his road racing and uh, trying to help him along. I've been doing a lot of random stuff. I won a carburetor cup last night. Um, so I've been having fun with off-season kind of stuff. Um, and with that being said, the NASCAR announcement, the Porsche announcement of the the $300,000, man, that's a game changer, guys. I think uh, iRacing is going to go to a whole other level in 2019 as we uh, end this 2018 year. You know, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have a special podcast next week for Christmas that we actually already pre-recorded. Uh, please make sure to join that. Uh, we'll release that Thursday night when we normally do. Um, and then the following week, we'll be back on our normal schedule. So uh, with that, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And we'll see you on the track. Later. 
Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.